You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. <laughs> we are your hosts today, broadcasting from the Pastoral Center here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we are excited to have our very own Bishop Donald DeGroote on with us. Good morning, Bishop. Top of the morning to you. I'm glad you could join us live. Well, you know what? It is fun live. I get to see the faces, and we get yeah. to share the That's voices, right. and I get to pick on Dr. Bergwald. Oh, here we I go. I love it. I love it. And Lenten Heather. penances. It's the only reason <laughs> I have you on it during Bergwald, oh, so that's I can good. watch him yes. squirm. Oh, it already gets to. <laughs> so, what's uh, speaking of red, Palm Sunday vestment. <laughs> yes, we can talk about Palm Sunday. <laughs> we'll get there. We're getting into liturgy. How are you doing, Bishop? I'm doing well, by the grace of God. As long as I stay in the grace, life is good. Amen. Life is good. Bishop, for our listeners, how do we do that? How do we stay in the grace? Oh. You know, I find it hard myself, right? So, because we're all uh, so human... And uh, we have our own human desires, ideas, how we want to do it. Certainly what's extremely helpful for me is prayer. Mm. That is the key. So what I'm continuing to learn is I need to be in relationship with the Lord in everything. So the challenge is to not just go to prayer. Good, I got my prayers done. Now I'm going to go and take off for the day Mm. and do X, Y, or Z. Mm. But how do I stay in communion with the Father throughout the day? And when I just do those pullbacks, those checks, am I, am I rushing ahead? Am I trying to control things? Or am I worried about something? So it's, it's the pullback, like, oh, oh, then I'm not relating. I'm not in relationship with the Father if I'm impatient, if I'm rushing, if I'm worried. So right. it's trying to keep before my mind and be intentional about, am I in relationship with the Father with what I'm thinking and doing right now? Mm. So trying to somehow, if we can keep that before our minds, uh, I think of our beautiful brothers and sisters in our Christian faith where they speak about, you know, you keep the word of God right on your forehead. Keep it in Mm. your mind. Keep it before you. So how do we practically do that? It could be post-it notes on our next to our desks, our computers, our mirrors in the morning, our, right? Finding practical little reminders with a little phrase. You know, whatever that is, mm-hmm. stay in the moment, whatever, Father, whatever yep. term triggers yep. to just say, oh, am I in the Father right now? My relationship with Him? Because the real key is we have to let the Father be the one to do what He wants to do. And we're always the daughter of the Son. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not in relationship with the Father, that's why we can become impatient, unsettled, worried controlling, whatever it might be. So, so um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it's Bishop striking you said it right. To, to, but you say that for me because just this morning in my own prayer, um, I, I just received an insight, a grace, if you will, about how, for me, um, this would be no surprise to Heather either, to either of you, but you know, we, we all can struggle with pride in various ways. And I'm just, uh, over the years, been struck by, oh my gosh, my pride is deep. Like I keep thinking I'm getting closer mm. to the bottom of it and it's still there. 
Uh, but for me, just this morning in my own prayer, a recognition of how my, I, a lot of, maybe all of my pride for me flows from the fact that I, my own self-identity is tied up in the gifts that the Lord has given me mm. instead of who I am as his beloved son. Yeah. So, and, and again, I could go into way history, but that's, it's, that's, that's not what we're here for this morning. But just instead of recognizing that my, who I am, my value, my worth is not come from the, he's given me incredible gifts mm-hmm. and I praise him for it, but that's not who I am. Yeah. My heart, my heart is I'm a beloved child of God. Uh, and, and when I drift from that, so I know that I got the, theology, I got the doctorate, I know that, but what in my day, when I, when I drift away from that, then I can get caught up in all this pride and then the, the swings that come with that. And uh, yeah. da, 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 da. so remember so, your place. Yeah. yeah. What, who I remember <laughs> yeah. who I am. Heather, I love that description. Remember your place. <laughs> right. Right? right. Right. That's what I'm getting from this is just don't forget. Yeah, and it can it can work both ways. Don't forget you are the son and daughter of God, yep. and that you are worthy of love. Because yep. it, it can go absolutely. either absolutely. way. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, because because when I'm not using my gifts, well, or when I'm not seeing the fruits of my gifts, then then my self worth, like oh, oh, yeah. Well, what what good am I? What where, where, yeah, and so on. No, no, yeah. I'm a beloved child of the Father. Yeah. So yeah, it's about being rather than doing. It, amen. Amen. And whatever the doing Love is it. or isn't, doesn't matter. It's right. being. Yep. Right. That's why relationship is so important, not just in our personal relationship with God, but with others. Yeah. And that's why people will struggle in being happy. Mm. Because unless we're in relationship with the Father, which our hearts are made for, with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and others in divine love, we're going to be wrestling, yep. whether it's yep. the doing and finding satisfaction in that, whether it's not even seeing the value and dignity that we have as his beloved daughters and sons. Right. So it's really focusing on being. I'm so loved. I'm so loved. Oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think by, by keeping that focus, I think it also is going to take us to the sacraments, which yeah. are going to give us the graces that we yep. absolutely need. Absolutely. You know, I just think about... Um, I tend to go to the Newman Center Mass a lot because I'm a Christ the King parishioner, and we love Father uh, Tyler Matson, and he has adoration beforehand and confession, and then then you go into the Mass, and just those two hours are the best two hours of my week. Cool. By far, you know? And so I just think about that, too, inviting people attend confession or go to confession during this Lent. Because it really does give you so many graces and Amen. Helps. Yeah, it, it, it right helps. sets us. Yeah, it right? does. It gets us right set of okay. If I'm clinging to crud, get it off. Right, the yeah. confession thing. And if I'm not taking the time to be in relationship, adorations. Here it is. Yeah. Here, here I am, face to face with God Himself, and yeah. I get to receive His love. Yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful Amen. to hear. Yeah. Amen. Totally not what we were going to talk about. Well, it, but I mean, it's not on his questions. Well, no, Chris. no, no. I know, I know, I know. But he said, "Stay in the graces." And how do we do that? So beautiful. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Absolutely. Amen. Hard to believe, but it's Palm Sunday this week. Unbelievable. Are we ready? Do we have our palms? <laughs> uh, I haven't checked. <laughs> He's like, "That's not on my to-do That's list." That's not on my to-do list. <laughs> so tell us about the significance of Palm Sunday. Yeah, it's such a great gift. Of course, we celebrate the reality of who Jesus is and the people acknowledging that. So as they gather, they come to give him glory and honor because the extraordinary things they had seen and those who had come to know him realize 
who he is, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this great celebratory entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem, throwing down palms, right? Throwing down things we might have, branches, whatever else is a sign of reverence. Uh, for the one who's coming. and Is it sort of like laying out the red carpet? Yeah, that's a way that I would think about it. Think about it as a way of giving a sign of respect of some form or another, right? And we mm-hmm. say palms. We use that as an example. Uh, we know, of course, in, in Jerusalem, there's olive trees. So it could have been olive branches, right? Mm-hmm. Those things, but something to kind of show a sign of reverence. I mean, we think of a parade today, right? Mm-hmm. What did people do? They line up, they wait for the come, and... Uh, right. You know, sometimes they wave and they do whatever. This is like, hey, there's something really great happening here. We want to see it. We line up and we're going to show a sign of reverence and respect for who this person is as they've come to know him. So what do you think the talk of the town was? Great question. You know, uh, we know that the timeline from Scripture between, you know, his entrance into Jerusalem and his uh, ultimate, um, you know, falsely act falsely accused, curses, uh, beatings, and crucifixion, all of that, we, we know that there's a fairly tight timeline. We know there are people on both sides of this issue. We know from scriptures, there were the scribes, the Pharisees, right, mm-hmm. the, the leaders, who were obviously very concerned about this Jesus and what he was trying to do. So there would, I would suspect there was a lot of people all over the boards, right, right. those who had maybe witnessed one of his miracles, like, wow, others like, who is this guy? And then others like, we don't trust this guy or he's threatening to us. Right, right. That's what I would envision back at that time. Yeah. So it, it kind of reminds me of today. Hmm. Oh, yeah. People taking different taking sides. Taking different sides and, and worried. And, and I'm sure there were a lot, of, a lot of gossip going on around the town. And so it must have been quite... And it must, I'm just trying to envision what Jesus would have felt coming into that. You know, because we envision the palms and everybody being happy, but it wasn't necessarily that way. It was for those people that were cheering him in and welcoming him in, but there were the people in the background. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, you think of it then his divinity and his humanity. So in his humanity, Mm. he knew what was coming. He already had prophesied that to the apostles, so we know Mm -hmm. that. But we also know he was always in communion with the Father. Mm. So he could ride in knowing with communion with the Father that he was deeply loved. He could know in his humanity what was about to happen. And you could imagine, like the Garden of Gethsemane, we know, you know, his tremendous agony and suffering. So like the people, the interior experience of Jesus, certainly divinity, nothing is shaken, everything's solid. I'm in relationship with the Father. And yet, I have this other reality of the naysayers, I know what's coming, right? So the humanity part, I would envision that into your experience of Jesus, deep, deep stability, clearly, because of the relationship with the Father, but the externals of the uncertainty and the pain that's going to be coming. Mm -hmm. Well, and I selfishly love moments like this because it just reminds me that he was human, also oh yeah you know and so then he he may get us a little bit <laughs> he may understand us <laughs> a little a, bit he <laughs> gets us completely oh, amen bishop <laughs> well if you're just tuning in we're talking with bishop donald DeGrude this morning we're going to be talking about palm sunday and holy week hard to believe it's just around the corner um we're going to take a quick break when we come back uh we're going to be chatting more with bishop donald DeGrude. stay with us more real presence live right after this Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We all like to shop local, but sometimes there are items you can't easily get nearby. The next time you shop online, think of Real Presence Radio. If you use our special link, Real Presence Radio will get a portion of your purchase price on Amazon, and it won't cost you anything additional. Just go to realpresenceradio.com smile, and you're all set. You'll be directed to Amazon Smile, where a portion of your purchase price will be donated to Real Presence Radio. It's easy, fast, and doesn't cost you a dime. Find the link at realpresenceradio.com slash smile. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. Thank you for listening to us this morning on Real Presence Live. Uh, we've got Bishop Donald DeGroote in the hot seat today. We're <laughs> excited about that. He's not. No, he is. <laughs> Bring it on. God will have to bail me out, right? <laughs> so we've been talking about Palm Sunday, and we're going to move on. Um, so recently we had our Chrism Mass here in our diocese. What is the Chrism Mass? Great point. So the Chrism Mass is that uh, great celebration where the church uh, blesses, the church through the bishop, blesses uh, the uh, oils that will be made holy for the use within the various parishes and Catholic institutions. So there's particular prayers over the three different types of oils. The oil of the infirmed, so for the anointing of the sick. Uh, Secondly, the oil oil of catechumens, so that oil is used in baptisms when no one's been baptized. Um, So that has a particular blessing. And then the sacred chrism, which gets used for a variety of sacraments, uh, where that configuration to Christ himself happens in a very particular way. So, for example, in baptism, confirmation, ordinations to holy orders, 
sacred chrism is used in the blessing of a new altar in a church space, blessing of a church, uh, areas within the church, they use this sacred chrism. So it's the time when the clergy are invited, especially to gather, laity, anybody who, who would desire to come and is able to come. Uh, but it's also the opportunity uh, where the church envisions where you can um, have the clergy uh, recommit uh, mm. promises uh, that they have made uh, to be faithful to living out their vocation and uh, doing that publicly and I as bishop receiving that uh, that those promises from from the uh, clergy so it's a beautiful beautiful opportunity to be with the clergy receiving their uh, their promises mm -hmm. uh, again renewing them and celebrating this incredible grace of God entering into these oils so that the healing power for the anointing of the sick drive out evil in the oil of the catechumens and the sacred chrism set aside as holy. Mm -hmm. And particularly when it relates to people, it's a reconfiguration of their souls and the oil that um, is used as one of the signs of that transformation. One of my favorite um, <coughs> The uses of the chrism in particular is at a bishop's ordination mm. because usually the ordaining bishop douses the new guy. <laughs> like yes. there's a lot of chrism that's oftentimes He'll used. Smell good so for much weeks. so that there's there's a special um, it's not a vestment, I don't think, but a fabric put over your shoulders to protect your vestments from all of the chrism that's used. But it just that, oh, that Old Testament uh, image of, of the oil being poured out yes. on, on, on the king, because a bishop in particular uh, confirmed to Jesus, priest, prophet, and king. So it's just a, it's a powerful uh, image w when you're able to see watch or be, participate in the ordination, especially of a bishop, all those other sacraments as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a humbling, it's a humbling moment. Yeah, indeed. I, I love the Chrism Mass just because it brings, I love being able to see everybody come in together. Yeah. I love seeing all the priests coming in to visit. Um, and I also, if somebody's never been to a Chrism Mass, I would highly recommend going to one. Um, just because it, I also love the practicality of it. So you have these big jars of yeah. oil. And I guess I haven't been to one of ours. I've been in Rapid City. Sure. But in Rapid, you know, they have these big jars of oil, and you breathe on them, yes. right? Yeah, and, one of them. And then you divvy it up between the parishes. And so yeah. then they each priest gets to take home his little stash of his oils. <laughs> oils. And then usually, like in Christ the King, they're on display. And so you can actually see them. And I bet people have walked past them a thousand times not knowing what they are. Perhaps, but I love yes. the practicality of it. Yes. You know, of them waiting their turn to get their oils. and You yep. know what I mean? Yep, yep. So, it's I like Ash Wednesday, the practicality of yes. the ashes, or yeah. Palm Sunday, yes. the practicality of the, the palms. palms. Yeah. So Bishop in our diocese, uh, <coughs> and I think other many other dioceses in our listening area, the chrism, so chrism mass is often held on the morning of Holy Thursday, but uh, dioceses where they're geographically larger, like our own, they're held, in our case, uh, a week or two um, beforehand, so two weeks Mm -hmm. uh, early in our case, is that often the, so for you as a priest, having been a priest of the Archdiocese of Minneapolis, was Chrism Mass also earlier, or your experience as a priest? Yes. Okay. So my experience was uh, yes, it was at an earlier time, and a lot of it is we we're talking about practicalities yeah. earlier. Uh, that Triduum is such a busy time: Holy mm -hmm. Thursday, Good Friday, uh, Holy Saturday, and then 
uh, Easter and travel, <clears throat> you know, just in our diocese, uh, you know, that's a long distance for some of our priests to be able to get there, right? So mm-hmm. we try to schedule at a time that it'd be most accessible yep. uh, for them. Yeah. Well, and we're coming up on Holy Week. So can we dive into Holy Week a little bit? Um, there's so much to it. But first I want to talk practicalities. It's one large event. The Triduum in particular. Yes. Yeah. Can, you, can we talk about that a little bit for the listeners? So you're talking about how the beginning with the Mass of the Lord's Supper, you yes. start and then, yeah. It's a pause. It, it's it, not. Right. So I love, so Bishop, I, I realized this a couple of years ago, lifelong Catholic, been to many uh, Masses of the Lord's Supper, but there's not the dismissal at the end of the Mass. The the the, the celebrant, whether it's the bishop or the priest, um, takes our Lord out in the Eucharist to the altar of repose, but there's not that formal concluding mm-hmm. um, dismissal missile the mess is in to go in peace and then good friday begins with not the normal uh, opening. opening if you will so just that, that how there's that sort of continuity from holy thursday good friday to the vigil and then easter sunday so yeah one in a sense massive liturgy over the course of those days yeah it's beautifully said and <clears throat> you can see the church's beautiful capturing of that in these liturgies of the reality of different stages of what's going on in yeah. the life of jesus so when Jesus, you know, tells the two, go get the place ready for the, uh, the sacrifice, right? The, Pasch, the Paschal sacrifice. Uh, of course, he gathers them, the Last Supper Institutes on Holy Thursday, uh, both the Holy Eucharist as well as the Holy Priesthood. Yeah. Right. So those two being so significant, very joyous, of course, like, wow, right? Uh, but we know shortly after that in the scriptures, it doesn't take long and they're in the Garden of Gethsemane and all of a sudden they fall asleep and of course everything that happens. So the purpose of the liturgy over these days of not like, okay, wrapping up an ending like we do at the end of a regular Mass is we're going to stay with Jesus mm. in these three days oh, in a very wow. particular way. So we're going to stay with him as you know they get the preparations ready. We're going to stay with him when we have the, the institution of the Holy Eucharist. We're going to stay with him in the institution of priesthood because it's happening now. Yep. It's not just we remember what happened some 2,000 years ago. No, yeah. it's the reality it's now. So then we go right into the night. So that's why there's the vigil period after the altar of repose, the Blessed Sacrament's taken out of its normal place, generally in some other place, for people to stay awake and pray, yeah. right? So to enter into that garden and what that must have been like for Jesus. And, you know, at night it can be dark and you can feel alone. And, okay, let's enter into the reality with Jesus. And then, of course, we wait. We wait what happens. And, you know, Good Friday and then all of a sudden... You know, that's why often celebrations might be at noon or at three o'clock, remembering what's happening at Jesus at noon, what's happening to Jesus around that three o'clock hour. It's to live it as Jesus is living it, to hmm. make it real today, because it is real today Yeah. in that today, meaning more than just 24 hours, but in this period of time. So, of course, we go on a good Friday and the beautiful long um, narrative of the Passion, all these intercessions we're asking God uh, to um, for, and then it's barren and it's stark oh, and it's oh that's the part I hate. I right? do too. Like, I dislike it. I hate so just being much. in death like Jesus <clears throat> in the tomb, but that's good yeah. because that's what we should walk be out with him and it's empty. It just no. And then of course. 
vigil. We come, yeah. and the vigil just sets off this explosion of graces uh, with the sacramental life, uh, with the resurrection, yeah. overcoming sin and death, and of course, baptism of the newly, uh, those to be baptized, and those received yes. in the church and confirmed, and all the sacraments, and, and the long, beautiful narrative yeah. of salvation history. history. Right. Yes. long readings that night. It's starting so. in the dark. and yeah. yeah, I absolutely love it. Well, and I think, too, I've said this every year. I don't know how long I've been on the radio, but I've said it every year. If you have not experienced going through all of those different, um, they're not all masses, but going to the Triduum and experiencing all of that and ending it with the Easter Vigil, you will not regret a second you will not regret a second if you partake in all the church is offering us during the Triduum. It just is You so won't beautiful. regret a second afterwards and a lot of a time during, but you might be like, man, it's taken a long time to get through these readings at the time, right? Or, man, it's hard to wait in this period of darkness. Or, right. But the heart is good, too. Yeah. So that's the point. We don't regret once we look back and we realize, wow, that was hard to face the reality of my sin on Good Friday or whatever. Yeah. Venerate the cross. But it's really good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we don't regret it. You're right. Yeah. 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 Well, and um, we'll get people in. It's a three-hour service. I'm like, well, it could be four. <laughs> it depends where you go. Right. If you go to the Easter Vigil. But when you're there, you just you just rest in peace and just enjoy. I don't know. I just think it's beautiful. Bishop, we just got less than a couple of minutes left, but looking at the Triduum, for you as a priest, now as a bishop, is there always some part of it that has really spoken to you, or is it different from year to year? Like, do you love Holy Thursday every year, or is it different from year to year? I would say that it's a lived reality every year, and I never quite know which of the liturgies, where the grace is going to come. So it's the unexpected presence of the Lord. Yeah in particular ways at different times of my life. Now, sometimes it might be more predictable. So when I was working with RCA candidates, sure. and maybe it was then, the oh, you know, washing their feet at the oh, Good yeah. Friday oh. or the sacraments. So sometimes it's more predictable. It's attached to maybe if I know or have journeyed with particular souls. But that's part of what's fun about it for me every year is I never quite know what it's going to be. So it's similar to what we were talking about earlier. It's really staying in the grace of the moment and like, it's like just observing, just receiving. Where's the grace coming? Where's the inspiration? Where's the deepening mm -hmm. spiritual reality? So it changes for me. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. So we kind of finished where we ended, talking about remaining in the grace. How are you doing, Bishop? Good when I'm in the grace. And here we are <laughs> here we at are. the end of the half hour. Oh, you planned that so well. Chris. Yeah, I, that was all me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Bishop DeGroote, thank you so much for joining us and You're blessings welcome. on your Holy Week as we approach it and whatever comes after. Because I can't, I don't want to say Happy Easter. Right, but not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. But we get to we're, celebrate. We're getting yeah. there. We're, we're getting, getting there. there. So thank you. Thank you, welcome. Bishop, for joining us. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Dr. Chris Bergwald and I will be having Father Thomas on from International Falls to share with us his vocation story. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 